Hello, welcome to Songs in the Key of, a podcast about songs. These might be old songs, new songs or middle-aged songs. Anything that takes my fancy really. Sometimes these shows will be themed around an idea, a person, a genre or some other concept. Other times they will simply reflect my latest obsessions, my new favourite bands, those songs I can't get out of my head. So, let's get on with it. The Go Team are such a joyous band to listen to, the way in which they merge the sounds of samples so seamlessly with their own melodies. Everyone's a VIP to someone is a delicious case in point, sampling the Fifth Dimension's Stone Soul Picnic and Fred Neal's Everybody's Talking to create something at once tear-jerking in its poignancy and wonderfully uplifting. Even aside from the samples, there's something reassuringly familiar about this music, as if it must have been the theme tune to a much-loved TV show from your childhood. It's that banjo, that harmonica, those ancient-sounding strings, the muffled brass. If you tell me you don't like it, I'll know you're lying. I'll just know. One of those songs that appears on and off my radar with shocking regularity is nothing more than a nursery rhyme, but it's a nursery rhyme delivered by the smoothest of voices, that of Ella Fitzgerald. For a song I've often heard my daughter sing, Two Little Men in a Flying Saucer is a pretty misanthropic little ditty. For a more well-aligned combination of message with medium when it comes to visitors from outer space, You'd probably have to zoom forward in time to Graham Coxon's gloriously savage People of the Earth, which I really must dig out and play for you one day. Against a charming melody and delicious tune, Ms Fitzgerald rips apart humanity itself with its weird compulsion to wear silly hats, listen to commercial jingles, watch baseball, and entertain the ramblings of politicians that are obviously lying. It's absolutely delectable. Two little men in a flying saucer Flew down to earth one day Looked to left and right of it Couldn't stand the sight of it And said, let's fly away They took a look at a western movie Somebody heard them say if a horse can be a star, think how dumb the people are, we'd better fly away. Then they shook their little green antennas, scratched their purple hair. Said this planet is an awful menace, let's go back to where we came from. Two little men in a flying saucer. Just didn't care to stay. No, no. 
Judy Searle had one of the most gorgeous of voices. There's something almost reedy about the way she sings, like a woodwind instrument that connects her so closely to the rootsy, folksy style of her music and to the fundamentals of the world around her. Her most famous song is most probably Jesus Was a Crossmaker, and it's a snippet of that song I'm going to play for you right now. It's a song about being mistreated by her boyfriend, but desperately looking to find something redemptive in him. The logic she chooses to use is that if Jesus, the absolute paragon of goodness, could have earned a living from making crosses the cruelest of devices of execution, then maybe, just maybe, there could be some good to be found in her boyfriend. He's a bandit and a heartbreaker. Oh, but Jesus was a crossmaker. Of course, there's nothing to suggest that a carpenter, or more likely general tradesman from Nazareth, would have ever been employed by the Romans to build crosses, but why let facts get in the way of a good ballad? Sweet silver angels over the sea, please come down flat and low for me. One time I trusted a stranger cause I heard his sweet song and it was gently enticing me though there was something wrong but when I turned he was gone blinding me his song remains reminding me he, he's a bandit and a heartbreaker oh but Jesus was a cross maker sweet silver For some reason or other, I seem to be drawn towards music used on fashion runways. I've already used this platform to celebrate the existence of Planning to Rock's Jam Fam, as used to accompany parading models sashaying down the catwalk in the latest offerings from Chanel. And now I find myself drawn towards some music produced for the benefit of Prada. Not bad for someone only too happy to be talking to you from inside a pair of jeans from Matalan. The music in question is Plastic Man's Narcosis, that's Plastic Man with a K in the middle and Narcosis with a K too. It's a deep, dark, brooding track full of disturbing bass sounds and regurgitating pulses. It owes something to the evocative nocturnal sounds of Angelus's Blade Runner soundtrack. It is, needless to say, absolutely wonderful.
I often find myself rambling on about my university days on this podcast and today's no exception. University is a time when, aside from amassing debt, drinking your body weight in cheap alcohol and arguing with your housemates about who's used up all the milk, you'll develop your music taste as you encounter other people with interesting likes and dislikes. Go to gigs, remember them, and generally immerse yourself in new discoveries. At least that was my experience. In my first year I had the mixed blessing of sharing my halls of residence with a scrawny, pallid-looking third year by the name of Steve, who took great pride in savaging any opinion that wasn't his. He would generally only take time out from sneering at your CD, video or book collection to write endless poetry about a girl called Cat who had, in his view, done him a huge disservice by having the temerity to break up with him in the preceding year. Every few days he would prescribe me with a couple of albums which he felt would generally make me a better person, and, annoyingly, these would often prove to be fascinating gems. Albums by the likes of Geneva, who have already featured on this podcast series, I believe, or Elka. It was also thanks to this embittered beanpole of a human that I first came by the music of everyone's favourite band of sardonic Merseysiders, Half Man Half Biscuit. Every now and then, though, I'd be rummaging through his carefully curated wallets of CDs and ask about a band, Dawn of the Replicants, for example, and he'd tell me, you're not ready for them yet. One such band that I was apparently not ready for, and maybe in his view I'm still not, was Catherine Wheel, whose artwork for the album Adam and Eve proudly adorned Steve's wall in lieu of an image of Gail Porter from the previous month's copy of FHM. Obviously, intrigued by the forbidden fruit that Steve had so tantalisingly withheld from me, I got myself a copy of Adam and Eve several years later from the much-missed sound and image in Chatham. It doesn't get much of a play, to be honest, and I'm really not sure there would have been ever a time, short of when I was in nappies, that I would have ever not been ready for it, but it is entirely listenable. Now there's a ringing endorsement. Take Broken Nose, for example. It's a classic bit of chugging, gnarly, late 90s indie rock. And it comes with its own line of chugging, gnarly, late 90s indie rock lyrics, pointing the finger at some unnamed reprobate, a ne'er-do-well, a contemptible malfeasant, who is dragging back progress, stopping everyone else from moving on and enjoying their lives. Listening closely to the lyrics amid daily reports of angry white middle-aged men bemoaning the rise of absolutely anyone they feel threatened by, it feels like a song for our times.
Back at university, yes, another reference to uni, I had a girlfriend who, in general terms, took a rather dim view of my music obsession. Radiohead in particular got a rather magnificent roll of the eyeballs every time they came on the stereo. But the biggest eye roll generally came from the sight of the difference in size between my CD collection, definitely a positive figure, and the state of my bank balance, absolutely, most certainly and always reliably, a negative figure. But one thing she did introduce me to was a song by Diana Ross and the Supremes called Love Child. Have you heard it? It's very good. And like many a good song, it's built on a story that exudes passion and throbbing emotion. Somehow Diana Ross and the Supremes squashed the whole plot of a novel into a three-minute something pop song. A young woman hopelessly devoted to her boyfriend but desperate to avoid putting any child she has in the same situation in which she grew up, in the poverty of a tenement slum. This song alone could well be the reason why the genre is called soul. You think that I don't feel love, but what I feel for you is real love. In others' eyes I see reflected, I hurt, scorned, rejected love child. Never meant to be love child. of weeks ago my friend Sally sent me a whatsapp message with a link to some songs by Stephen Wilson who has recently released a new album called The Future Bites. I diligently listened to them and eventually put two and two together to realise he was the lead singer of Porcupine Tree as featured on an early episode of this very podcast by complete coincidence because these things always seem to happen. I discovered an interesting looking podcast recently called The Album Years, in which two chaps assess the varying qualities of albums released in a certain year. One of those chaps being Stephen Wilson. If you want a really nerdy deep dive into the collective works of Robert Fripp and Brian Eno, The Album Years is probably a very good podcast to turn to. Once you've listened to this one, of course. My digging around Stephen Wilson's solo back catalogue sent me in the direction of his third album, The Raven That Refused to Sing, and other stories. It's an album themed around tales of the supernatural, and consequently comes with a spooky, ethereal sound. The title track from the album is a lusciously wondrous case in point, the story of a man whose sister died when he was a little boy. As a child, she used to sing to him to cheer him up. Now in adulthood, He's regularly visited by a raven whom he believes may well be the reincarnation of his lost sister. Now if only that raven could sing. 
Back in 2019, Richard Dawson released what was then seen as a pinpoint accurate vision of life one-fifth of the way into the 21st century. The Guardian described it as a reminder of the need for basic decency in a country that is forgetting it, voiced by the most brilliant and humane songwriter working here today. Unfortunately, through no fault of Dawson's the pinpoint accuracy proved a little less accurate than anyone could have imagined. This album, titled 2020, didn't make a single reference to the global pandemic that would come to define the year, and a sizeable portion of the following 12 months. Not one. At some point in 2020, Dawson teamed up with his band Henogled to record their third album, Free Humans. It's rather splendid in its quirky, ragtag, plinkety-plonk kind of way. This album is going to take a great deal more of unpacking than I've been able to give it time so far, but one of the absolute highlights has to be Space Golf. Free Humans is awash with sci-fi references. See also the bizarre reminiscences of Crimson Star, which sounds like something out of that Doctor Who Christmas Space Cruiser special featuring Kylie Minogue. There's a great deal of social commentary and righteous indignation hidden beneath the quirky sounds and oddball humour on this record. In places, there are blatant, provocative, anarchistic calls to bomb the banks and shrink the economy. Space Golf serves up everything found on the rest of the album in a single shot. It opens with the kind of close harmony folk singing you might expect to hear on the soundtrack to a Thomas Hardy adaptation, before the electronica kicks in and we lurch into a world of bitterness, envisioning some future moment when the rich head off to some distant planet, leaving destruction in their wake for everyone else. Building your walls to keep them out, building your stash to wipe them out, you staked your claim on planets new, you built your ship and up Take all your hate and all your fear. Take all your hate and all your 
It being my birthday recently, some kind-hearted people decided to provide me with that most welcome of birthday presents, cold hard cash. And it was only inevitable that I'd end up frittering it away on more of those round, shiny things I love so much. One of those round, shiny things I love so much was Black Country New Road's debut album for the first time. It's a spectacular work of just six tracks featuring atonality, rasping saxophones, and a heavy sense of free-form impending apocalyptic dread. In a word, it's glorious. There were elements of that album, particularly the sound of the apocalyptic dread, that recalled for me an album from 20 years ago by a band called Lift to Experience. To this day, I'm still not entirely sure what I make of that band's album, The Texas Jerusalem Crossroad. It's a bizarre concept album themed around the idea of the three band members being exposed to some divine revelation that the second coming is on its way. To Texas, obviously. There's that old adage that you should write what you know. And in this case, Josh T. Pearson, dressed in the craziest mutton-chop sideburns you ever did see, did just that. He came from a background of growing up in a Pentecostal church that believed any translation of the Bible other than the King James Version was the very work of the devil. Having had a crisis of faith, there's a clear friction in Pearson's lyrics throughout the album. On the one hand, he's clearly got a great deal of affection for aspects of the 2,000-year-old faith which formed the background of his youth. And there's an undoubtedly huge love for the words and language of religion, the poetry of the Bible. But then, on the other hand, there's a definite cynicism directed at the whole thing, with a whole premise of the appointing of him and his bandmates as divine prophets being presented as immediately preposterous and absurd. The album first emerged in 2001 and was very much of its times. The hawkish George W. Bush was in the White House, lauded by many a fundamentalist Christian for views and policies that reflected much of the thinking and praying being done in the Bible Belt. As an example of the double album's noodling, shoegazing, apocalyptic, self-assured rambling, how about we listen to These Are The Days? Sit back, close your eyes, and let the music wash over and around you. And maybe, or maybe not, you will be saved.
By now, you may have gathered that I've got a bit of a soft spot for all things Nordic. And even if you haven't, I can confidently report that my phone has. The other week, my phone pointed me in the direction of an article on the Guardian website that it felt I might find interesting, about traditional Norwegian music. Obviously, I hit the link immediately and was thrown headlong into a world where drums require blood sacrifices before they are played, and where performers stand in icy cold rivers to record their songs for maximum authenticity. So let's close with an atmospheric offering from a band called Wardruna. The song is called Hellvegan. It's a kind of funeral song which reminds those mourning the dead that the legend of their dearly departed will stay with them eternally. Cattle die, kinsmen die, you yourself will also die, but the words about you will never die if you win a good reputation. I love this. Like with the Judy Sell song, only more so, much, much more so, there's something utterly primal that connects the singers and the performers directly to the earth on which they stand as they perform. And as with the Stephen Wilson song, there's an ethereal understanding of life extending in some way or other, even after the moment of death has come and gone. Whether that be through memory, legend, or something rather more supernatural or not entirely understood. And, as with that Lift to Experience song, born out of a history of Pentecostal fundamentalism and Bush-era fervour, there is that searching, ever-searching desire to see just a little more clearly through that glass darkly, beyond the world we know, into some other realm of meaning and enlightenment. So there you have it, 10 more songs to listen to and enjoy. As ever, there's a Spotify playlist to accompany this show so you can hear the songs in full. Let me know what you thought of the songs in this episode using at Reviewage on Twitter and Instagram. 
and if there's any songs that have been worming their way through your ears of late, please do share them with the group. I'll be back shortly with more songs in the key of something or other else. In the meantime, have a marvellous few days and nights, till we meet again.